Well, it's been Brownie and Richo, Batman and Robin show for at least five weeks now, but the main man, well, he's not really the main man, he is Richard Hummerston. He's back from Russia. We're going to talk to him about what it was like over there, what he got up to. He got pickpocketed, apparently, and uh, we discussed Brian Lake and the fact that he'll never be on this podcast again <laughs> because I think he's still in jail. Maybe he's out. I don't know. This is the AFL podcast. Well, welcome to the AFL Podcast. Uh, I'm Nathan Brown, as you'd imagine. Matthew Richardson's here, as always, has been the last five weeks. Batman? It's actually ten weeks, Nathan, but uh, I'm glad I had a big impact on you. It's been good to be here. I've really enjoyed it. Looks like I'm here for good now. Lakey's gone. He's finished. <laughs> yeah. But it's not about us today, Nathan. He's it's back. Too much sushi for Lakey. But uh, Richard Hummerston... The biggest bogan I yep. know has been over in Russia for how long have you been away? I've been away six weeks. I had three and a half weeks in Russia, a couple of weeks just detoxing in in Spain. But I tell you what, I couldn't have come back any soon because I go away and you just seem to get yourself in a lot of trouble. I'm gone, Nathan. <laughs> I didn't get in any trouble. Okay, I didn't get in any trouble. <laughs> it's not about us, though. Hummer, what? Give us a quick highlight, mate. Your highlight of the World Cup, and then your highlight of your little holiday after yeah. the World Cup. Well, I tell you what, Russia is. Um, Look, they did a great job tidying it up. The, the areas they wanted you to see was very nice. The stadiums were nice. The the hotels they put you in were nice. The route that you pretty much have to walk to get to the stadium is nice. If you venture outside just by 20 metres outside this little this nice zone they've done, yeah. it is, it's third world. It right. is uh, – Even I, in Moscow. Even in Moscow. Yeah, so really. uh, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't recommend anyone going to Russia because I don't reckon outside of a World Cup it would be too right. good. The food right. – the food's not great. In fact, their like their, their take on Western food is appalling. Like you order a pizza, and a pizza will come out, and there'll just be a handful of hot chips just dumped in the middle of it. <laughs> they just do not get it. But and the people, the um, the girls that are very nice, very friendly, and a lot of people fall in love on holidays. Hum, did uh, did that come around for you? It it didn't for me, but and I, I have to be careful here. I'm not going to put any name any uh, names. We were on a tour with about um, there was a lot of fifty year old, sixty year olds over there, and what happens is. The girls over there, they, they've got a fondness for Australians. So what would happen is these fifty-year-olds, and I'm sure they weren't in, in, I'm sure they were single fifty-year-olds, but they would they would get girlfriends in each each of these towns. So because we'd be in each town for about four nights, so they, they was falling in love. They, they were. They would couple up. They'd sit me on the first night, and then you'd see them. It's they'd like get, love they'd, Island. They'd, they'd go for. <laughs> I'd take these these younger girls out, and they'd go for walks and have dates, and then you'd, yeah. you'd go back to the hotel about eleven o'clock, and you see them coming back in, and oh. so yeah, I think there'd, there'd be quite a few romances coming out of g- Russia. G- girlfriends. Now, Hummer, did you? ever feel unsafe because you've got a head that a lot of people would like to knock off? Did anything happen like yeah, that? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, because our, the sports bet stuff, the the uniforms we had there were blue and yellow, the, the colours of sports yeah. bet, which happens to be the same colours as Ukraine. Right. So yeah. the Russians, they don't like Ukraines over there right. and um, they also don't like men who might be a bit flamboyant. Now, I had blonde streaks in my hair, which um, which didn't go too well. So what we had to work out very easily on our second day, we are at the fan zone and these angry, drunk Russians bailed us up because they thought we were Ukrainian. Almost he- held Hammy and I up against the, the wall Oof. and we're asking if we were Ukrainian and everything. We were like, no, no, we're Australian. But from that moment on, the uh, the sports were blue and yellow. Just was <laughs> you just got tucked away. <laughs> I, uh, all right, welcome back. So there was a good performance on Footy Classified the other night. We don't usually get into Footy Classified sort of stuff, but I tell you, what, as a former Carlton supporter when I grew up, I uh, love Stephen Silvani. He took our mate Matthew Lloyd to task and also your friend Caroline Wilson at AW. Uh, he just t- took out both barrels and said, uh, Sauces here, the greatest fullback of the century, absolutely owned both of them. Well, they've been bashed, haven't they, the Blues, for, for the whole of this year and in the last couple of years. And 
I thought they were pretty transparent right from the start with what they were doing. They haven't deviated from that, and I thought he uh, painted a good picture of that on Monday night. They're only into their third year of this build. It's a massive list build. They've ch- they've turned over the list more than any team in modern modern history. So I think they deserve to be judged at the end of five years. So let's give them another couple of years. And you've got to be careful that you don't pull the trigger again on another coach if you're Carlton. I know that it's not going to happen. They're, they're very strong in keeping Bolton. But if you have a look at what Richmond, Collingwood and Geelong have done in the last 10 or 15 years, it shows that you have to be patient. I mean, Dimmer was reviewed after seven years. They could have gone another way. Richmond, they didn't. They win a flag in their eighth year with Hardwick. The same at Geelong with Bomber Thompson. He was reviewed strongly after his seventh year. They didn't uh, get rid of him. They kept faith and they win three flags in the next five years. And look at Collingwood this year. Bucks was gone in round two, if you listen to the media. Played Carlton in round three yeah. and that was uh, the death knell. Yeah, and they've stuck strong, Collingwood, and they're getting reward now. And who knows, Collingwood could win a flag in the next few years. So... I think uh, Sauce was great the other night, and I think they've got to stay the course with Bolton. Hey, what I do think is, Carlton, when it does turn, it'll turn very quickly. They've got Mm. some stars. Like, you you can build a side around Cripps and also Kurnow. They're young players. They're young midfield, Dow, um, uh, O'Brien, those guys. Fisher's really good. Fisher. Fisher's probably the best of them, though. He's a year advanced. But I reckon they've got the nucleus of a good side. And you know what it's like, Matthew? We've played in teams at Richmond where we're down the bottom. No matter what you do mid-season, very hard to change anything, very hard to change any sort of momentum. You get to the end of the season, your pre-season, uh, and you've got six months to then develop something else. It's very hard to develop something in five or six days. Yeah. When, do, when do you pull the pin, though? When, when do you say enough is enough? Oh, I think after the five years. I think after the five years you review it strongly. But I, I, I would suggest by then, Hummer, that they're going to be starting mm. to look pretty good at the end of five years. As Nathan said, it can turn quite quickly. And I think at the end of five years, if things are still looking down, then you then you maybe have a look at it, but you can't change coaches again now. Mm. Now in this stash between who took the points between Sauce and I think Sauce took then? the points. Yeah, Sauce took it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he did good, well. It's good to see that though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah because although, well, sometimes I don't think you know certain sections of the media are held accountable when they get things wrong. But if you get something wrong at a club. You mm. held accountable. So it was good to see the shoe on the other foot a little bit, I guess. It certainly was. Let's have a look. Uh, obviously, at this time of year, we talk a lot about the ladder positions and, yep. and who's going to make it now. I think that Melbourne are the safe side at sixth. So I think uh, Richmond, West Coast, Collingwood, Sydney, Port Adelaide and Melbourne all make the top eight this year. Then you've got seventh and eighth who are Greater Western Sydney and Geelong, North Melbourne, Hawthorne, Adelaide, Essendon, who can still make it now. Essendon are an outside chance, but they've got a pretty good run, the Bombers. Um, Adelaide are playing pretty good footy. I think GWS, with the advantage of having that extra two points from the draw... They'll make it. They will make it. So That's we've going got, to be crucial. We've got mm. one spot left. And GWS have got a pretty good draw. They play a couple of games in Canberra. They play Sydney in Canberra as well, which is yeah. very good well, for I, them. Well, I did the latter predictor this morning. Yeah, what did so you come up with? I came up... And this, this will probably change again after this weekend because there'll be an upset. But I had Richmond, West Coast, the Cats, the Pies, Port, Sydney, GWS and Melbourne. I had North, Adelaide... Hawthorne, uh, that was a crucial loss to Brisbane on the weekend, and Essendon missing out. So for you, there is no change to the current top eight as it stands right now. Oh, look, it's going to – but, you know, you do that ladder predictor, the percentage is the thing you can't work out. So I had teams on the – I had North Melbourne missing out on percentage, so that could be different at the end of the year. But at this stage, North Adelaide, Hawthorne and Essendon I had missing, but that'll probably be wrong this time Monday. I believe Geelong, North Melbourne and Hawthorne – 
all stay on the same amount of points. They're at 36 at the moment yep. and it's percentage. So whether yep. they beat sides, yep. um, I don't think Adelaide, because of their percentage, they're two games behind. They're, they're only four points behind, but they're two games behind. The same as the Bombers. They're 98 and 97. So it's going to be Geelong, North Melbourne or Hawthorne in eighth spot. It just depends on how well they win those games. And yep. currently Geelong are in the A1 spot because they're 5% clear, but they've got a pretty hard run to the Cats. So I know got, they finish off with hmm. Gold Coast, got which is handy. Geelong, no, Nathan. Yeah. Well, Mel- Melbourne's a Huge one. Yeah, this is a huge game this weekend. Yeah, but what? See, Hawthorne have been playing good footy. If you take away last week, the last month has been good footy for Hawthorne. Is there anything in the um, Luke Hodge and Chris Fagan combination why Brisbane can be- keep beating Hawthorne? Well, because they've been playing excellent footy, and then they've beaten them twice. Mm. So you'd have to say yes. A bit yeah. of intelligence has gone up there with both of those guys. So. Yeah, you would think that Big they would Big boy McAvoy, they missed hugely last yeah. week and they're going to miss Sicily. Sicily mightn't be back all year. He was my All-Australian halfback flank. I that, still think he makes That's a huge, all huge Australian. out, Sicily. Mm. You can't replace him. No. no. Well, I was with, uh, I was with obviously, Crawf over in, in Russia and one of the bus trips we were having, he was saying that Halfback, oh, two weeks before we went to Russia, they, the, the coaching staff got the players and said, look, we're going to put our hand up. We got our forward structure wrong. We're going to completely reshuffle it. We're going to, we're going to make some changes. He also said that everything that they had been doing, all their pre-season, all their training, had been working up to be hitting their absolute peak in the sort of the last six games of the year. Yeah. And he was very confident that Hawthorne will make the eight. Oh, well. And... Six weeks to go, so we'll find mm. out this week. Aren't it we? is getting very tough, though. Croft's not known for his football now, so he's known for his football ability, let's be honest. Yes, but he spends a lot of time still down at the club. Oh, he tra- I'm, he tra- sure, he I'm, I'm sure he trains, he trains with them, them regularly. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever go down and do you, do you spend any time at your former club? Absolutely zero time. <laughs> he moves on quickly, Nathan. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Uh, um, uh, the other thing we want to talk about, Hum, and uh, you're the host of this, but uh, I'm just I'm just feeding well, you, you back into this. it. So I'll, I'll start taking well, you over once, up we, when the once we get into yeah. the games. Yeah. Correct. Now, uh, the most things people ask me, so when I'm out at a function or uh, just general mates that uh, I've grown up with from Bendigo, they go, what's this bloke like? Or, you know, what's Richo like? Or they go, what's Jake King like? Or yeah. a lot of a lot of questions get centred around uh, people who get in trouble. So yeah. the Duck's been in trouble in a previous life and they go, what's Wayne Carey like? You work with him at Triple M. Tell me what he's like. Why is he, uh, I mean, he's, he's always uh, got a job. He's at Channel 7. He's at, what sort of bloke is he? So, uh Let's talk about the duck. He's a very engaging person, duck. I love his company, and he, mm-hmm. he knows his footy. I enjoy listening to duck talk about footy. He's very smart and intelligent about the game. He is, and he's happy to give his opinion too. Yeah. He's he's, he's come he up against me- Clarko on a couple of occasions, yeah. and Clark Clarko's giving him a clip but as well. He doesn't talk crap. Uh, no. The duck, he, he speaks sense, and when he says something, he means it, and he's thought about it. He doesn't just say something for the sake of it. Uh, so I enjoy his football intelligence. I, 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 I enjoy his football intelligence. I enjoy <laughs> duck away from football yeah. a lot more than I one. This is my favourite yeah. duck yes. story. He One night in Adelaide after a Friday night game, we were sitting back at the hotel with all the Channel 7 crew, and one of the, one of the people around the table noticed that someone had a lot of aftershave on, and it happened to be the duck. So he then went into a master class on how to apply aftershave, right? <laughs> now, he reckons when you put it on, you know, you spray it around your neck. You know how most people spray it on and then pat it in, yeah, yeah. you know, just to... Yep, duck, rub it in. Duck reckons when you spray it on, you leave it on wet, right, and you put a lot on. So when you first walk into a room, people are going to notice you. You're probably a little bit overpowering at the start of the night, but by the end of the night, <laughs> it's really set in. But he said when you put it on and it's wet, you don't tap it and, you know, tap it in and rub it in. Yeah. You just leave it. No, you leave it wet because if you tap it 
you're bruising the aftershave. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> you're bruising the aftershave. <laughs> so you don't, that's the number one lesson. You don't bruise the aftershave. Then, say four or five hours into the night when it's starting to wear off a bit, Nathan, and, you know, you're not smelling quite as nice as you want, he's got another little tip, Hummer. Oh, no. You just dip your fingers, your fingertips into a little bit of water and you just slightly tap the water back onto your neck where the aftershave is <laughs> and it reignites it. <laughs> it opens <laughs> up the pores. It, re- it reignites the aftershave and it just gives you that scent for the rest of the night. I was in tears. Oh, my. Has, and, he, has he had some training? Like, has someone taught or is this just he's just, just learned this just himself? His, uh, just his learnings over the years. This is a man who loves his European fashion too. Like uh, when he rolls into a, a commentary box, it's you can smell him from the hallway, yeah. so you smell him before he gets there. Uh, but... The clothes he wears are Very so tight, tight so yeah, tight. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's six foot six. He's still he's, in good nick, isn't oh, he? He's unbelievable. Oh, he's got Not a scarica <laughs> hair on him. <laughs> but he wears a lot of V-necks and he wears a lot of low V-necks. You got to have a really good rig for a V-neck. Yeah, now, you've got to be exceptional. normal size guy, I'd probably wear a medium um, uh, in a in a V-neck knit. Yep. You'd probably wear an extra large yeah, extra in large. a V-neck knit. Hummer, you'd probably wear an extra large as well. <laughs> but the duck. Now think about my size Especially being a medium. My size being a medium and the duck. Size uh, should be probably wearing an XL. The duck goes down two sizes. He actually wears a medium <laughs> knit, and it is that type that he almost can't afford to put a t-shirt or a shirt underneath it. So normally the knits he wears, he's got nothing on underneath. So it must be oh, really he looks, itchy. He looks good though, the duck. Da- he how, but, what, how does he wash his clothes? Because you know your clothes always shrink a little bit after each wash. Well, does that's he, what he wants. He wants so he probably wash them before he puts them on. And um, the other thing, duck, is he's, he's very unfunny. He's not a funny yep. man. So most people, like, I find him quite funny. Like Brian, very funny. James Brayshaw, very funny. So you, you get a laugh out of these guys. But the thing with the duck is when he when he chucks a gag in or he or he thinks something's funny or he's going to say something funny, you can see his eyes and his face light up before he actually tells you the joke. And you know that the joke's not going to be funny. But he'll lean over when he tells it and he'll start <laughs> bashing you in the stomach as if you need to laugh. And then you laugh with him because oh, you're mate. feeling awkward for him. I love it. They're, I love it. they're the best jokes when you got to tell. Hey, just another one while we're pulling back the curtain on, yeah. on the media landscape. A couple of journos have been in under fire this week because – and it's it's the comment that keeps getting used. I'm talking about Sam McClure and Damien Barrett where they haven't played the game. Now, Sam McClure got in a good stoush on talking footy on um, on Monday night talking about the um, Nick Natanui incident where yeah. the, their staff are pushed over the journal. Yeah. And Wayne Carey, Campbell Brown and Luke Darcy all said, well, mate, I'd – don't think your opinion on this is is too sharp owing to the fact that you never played the game. Damien Barrett also copying a little bit. He said something similar this week about um, Tom Boyd. And, again, the same sort of argument comes out. Do you buy into it that to be a good journalist in, in Melbourne or in the AFL you need to have played the game beforehand? No. Or? no, I don't think so. I think you're able to comment on not probably more issues around the game, maybe stuff on game day. Maybe not so much, but de- I don't. I don't see why you can't comment on mm. the other stuff around the game. The only journo's that the, the ones you can't handle is journo's questioning uh, a player's ability or questioning his courage or mm. on game day questioning why he didn't do that. Where uh, that's that's left for the players. Uh, um, I, I think the the journo's have got every right to have every other say. And uh, yeah, Sam's very good at what he does, yep. and so too is Damien Barrett. Very good at what they do. And um, you'll find that Damien Barrett doesn't very. I, I don't think I've ever heard him go into a in a performance based 
on a, on an AFL player. It's yep. more around the I issues. Think they, I think they know what their strengths are and, and they mm. stick to them. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Nick Nat, the staff at the West Coast staff are pushing the the, the probably camera a little bit over the top. Yeah. He's think, got every right to be there, the yeah. cameraman, yeah. because it's an interesting it's a story. New, it was a new yeah. story. So. And, he, and he stood far enough away, so the staff, I would imagine, would have been a little, um, a little bit overzealous. Yeah. Ex, Ex-copper as well. So. Mm. Hey, anyway, let's let's get into the game because we're, kick, we're the week we're kicking things off. St Kilda, Richmond, you're getting $1.13, which is better than bank interest, Brownie, because there's no way the Tigers lose this game, is it? Well, you would have thought this last year at this time that St Kilda beat them by 82 mm, or up by 82 points. Now, I think Richmond win the game at uh, Etihad Stadium, which they haven't played a lot this year. The last yep. time they played there was against Sydney and they played really well. The line in this game is 39 and a half. Now, Richmond haven't been blowing sides away. St Kilda have been playing pretty good footy. They won three of their last four. They play Etihad well. Um, I think St Kilda can get within that line of, uh, of 39 and a half. So Richmond 1 to 39 is $2.40. Or if you think there's maybe coming an upset and uh, outside St Kilda maybe can win, you probably go the line, which is 39 and a half, which is $1.92 at the moment. But probably the better bet. Is Richmond one to thirty nine, which I reckon I might take that one to thirty nine. Yeah, I don't think Richmond lose this game. They they lost last week by two <coughs> points to a very good GWS side, starting to gain momentum. They had sixty five inside fifties, twenty seven shots. After the fifteen minute mark of the first quarter, they only allowed GWS to kick seven goals. So I don't think there was anything to be worried about for the Tigers. Richmond and, should have won that game. Yeah, and I, I think they get the job done this week. Martin's starting to build. Um, but they're not belting sides, no, are they? No, no, I think you're right, under 39 points. So, But I think Richmond will bounce back. I mean, their form is still very, very good. And, you know, that GWS team is going to win games in the run home. So I wouldn't worry about it if you're a Tigers supporter last week. Gresham kicked six against them last he time. Kicked 11 um, in the last two. Yeah, he's, 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 he's been probably their best performed forward this year, Gresham. Any player to score five goals? Yes, $2.75 with sports bet. Might be one worth looking at. Going to the Saturday game, Collingwood versus North Melbourne. North Melbourne stiff last week, weren't Gee. they? It's going yes. to be a good game, this one, isn't it? The yeah. two, I mean, Matt Jack Daw kick five, Ben Brown kick five, Siebel five. Uh, gee, can Collingwood cover those guys off? We know they've got some issues down back. I'm, I'm nearly tempted to pick North. The fact that it's at the MCG, I'll, I'll stick with Collingwood, but I think this will be super close. Well, the punt club had another big week last week, Matthew. Oh, because hey, actually, has it been going while I've been gone? Because my, the last week, if you remember, had you had an absolute shocker. I'd you nearly bankrupt the thing. had some clangers, home. Well, we've, we haven't been going that well. <laughs> we ended Is there up, anything left? We ended up having a crack at the horse racing at one point, <laughs> and we won. We got a, we had $500 on Rolito at 4 Ooh, bucks. It got yeah. up, so 1500 Did the same thing last week on Rolito. It lost by um, the bees proverbial but. We took North Melbourne last week in the punt club and with seven points up with two minutes to go, I was I, I thought they needed to score three times in two minutes I'll to win and they did. I'll tell you what, if they bring in starting points, I reckon Alir would have been one of those designated players inside 50. He wouldn't have run down and kicked that goal if they had starting points because he wouldn't have risked not being able to get back inside 50 if there was a stoppage. That's why I wouldn't be bringing in starting points. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. that's lost that. Also had a multi-Adelaide to beat Geelong into that, so that, uh, that lost as well. No going to, just very quickly on starting points, I, mm. I wanted to, to ask. I've been thinking about this for a while. It, it's happening, isn't it? Oh, it, 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 is it, is it well, sounds like it's it a done It sounds deal. like it is. I, look, I don't mind trying things, but let's, let's try it a little bit longer than two yeah. mock training sessions before we bring it in. I would try it throughout the whole of the JLT next year and bring it in the year after if it works. Mm. I wouldn't be doing it this year. Anyway, um, just going back, I've been looking at that Richmond St Kilda game. Now, cool. 
You're going back. Yeah, I've gone back. I've gone back. Jesus. Jack Stephen, $2.20 to have 30 or more disposals. Richmond don't really tag. No, uh, and and uh, Seb Ross, if he plays, $2.20. Yep. Occasionally they'd roll Jack Graham onto someone, but he's out injured. Jack Billings, $8 to, uh, to have 30 or more. But you look at Dustin Martin, who played well last week in the midfield. I thought that was his best game in a long time last week, Martin. $2.40. Or Meatball Presti, a $4.50 to get 30 more disposals. Or Trent Cotchin, $5.50. So, um, Cotchin's due, actually. Yeah, I reckon. I I reckon so. Maybe look at the uh, thirty disposal market in that game. It is unorthodox. Just going back a game. Yeah, Which, I don't know. What, what's been happening? Is. Well, let's go forward. Let's go very quickly on the Sydney Gold Coast game. Gold Coast eleven dollars. Sydney a dollar four. Brownie, you even you gonna have a tickle at this at all, or just nah? Our head of trading, Cam Dean, who is very good at what he does. Um, he he likes the line of fifty. It was fifty one at the start of the week. He thinks Sydney win by more than fifty. So it's fifty six at the moment. Yeah, this is an easy one, isn't it? Sydney at home. Gee, they were good last week. I, I thought they were definitely going to lose against North Melbourne with the players, Jack, Hannabury, McVeigh out. Yep. Uh, it was, a, and you know, still haven't got Sam Reid, undermanned, but, you know, Ron, Kalir, Florent, McCartan all played mm. their part. McCartan, the youngest player in the comp, took some good marks. Sydney by a fair bit, I'd say, at the SCG. Now, Hum, when you come back in and you start hosting, I've don't, just re- don't I've just skip over things. It. I know. Well, I've just I reckon we leave it. that till next week, actually, because I want to do a little bit of work on it. A little bit of a teaser. So just hold that one. See, Richard and I knew that, really. Oh. Well, that's my rant. That's done. Well, that's all right. It's over. All right. Well, can is that I'll right? hold it till next week. Yeah. Well, we're gonna rant, the rant's it, about him. It's around, oh. it's around Tasmania, and I'm very passionate. And I, I just want to do a little bit more work on that mm. before we get into it. Now, this well, is what they taught I, us. Can I do podcast? the rant without even you responding and you just respond next week? Well, quickly do it, yeah. Well, <laughs> you are the work. most famous person in in Tasmania. That's you are right. the Jackie biggest is. biggest name to come on. <laughs> come on, mate. She's looking for love, Jackie Lambie. I mean, Tim Lane, he's been pushing this barrow for a long time. There are some famous Tasmanians. David Boone's one of them. Ricky, Ricky Ponting. Ponting's a famous Tasmanian. But out of football, you are the most most famous football person to ever come out of Tasmania. I know there's That's been some right. players Disco back in the Roach. day come out of Tasmania, mm. but currently, right now, Ooh. currently, there is yep. no bigger Ian name Stewart. than Matthew Richardson in Tasmania. Yep. And I just think, and you'll do some work on this this week, that uh, I want to see a bigger presence from Richo Man with this Tasmania push. I'm sick of seeing Tim Lane doing the Tasmania push. I want to see Ooh. the push come from someone with some real clout. All right. I'll yeah. take that on board and I'll put take something it. together. That's good. Now, I'll this in podcast school, Brownie, this is where it's good. They told us that you want to leave the audience. What you went to where? Podcast school. <laughs> well, we had this guy come <laughs> in and teach us about podcast school. Podcast school. But he said that one of the things is give them wanting more. So there we go. We've got our first right. little, 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 first little Do we have any listeners in Tassie? We've got a lot of Richard's going to give his five-year plan next week like Terry oh, Wallace ooh, did back in 2009. Do you ever get back down to Tassie? I love it. Yeah. Get down Would you retire down there once you once you're done? Probably no. not. That's a negative. Probably not. But <laughs> Hummer, just remember, you get sunburn in Tassie. Here's Nathan found out. He reckons oh, really? you get more sunburn in Tassie than anywhere else in Australia. Is that right? Yeah, because it's a great. I tell you what, you know, the sun's hot. You know, Tassie's great floor is cricket trips and footy trips. Yeah, good. Hobart stuff. is a great spot. It's for a good it. town. Hobart. Hey, uh, Essendon Fremantle is four thirty-five this Saturday afternoon. Essendon a dollar nineteen. Fremantle four dollars seventy-five. Playing well, the Bombers. Mm. I think the line here, 33 and a half. I know Fremantle very good last week in a scrappy game against Port Adelaide, but uh, I like. Uh, they've got a young side at the moment. They're travelling into enemy territories. So a I different just think, team in a state, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I just think the Bombers win this comfortably. Yeah, it's pretty easy, this one. The Bombers, gee, they're, they're still a chance. They're yeah. still a chance. Mm. You know what they need to do this week? Their percentage isn't great. 
And, you know, it's going to come down to percentage that final spot in the eight. Yep. This is an opportunity for Essendon to get their percentage up a little bit this week. No disrespect to Freo. On the road after a gruelling game, the Bombers have to have a big mm. win in this one just to give themselves a chance at the end of the year with their percentage. So I'd say the Bombers by a fair bit this week. Oh, my God, I don't mind that. Hey, Brisbane, who would have thought the Brisbane would be a $2.22 shot against Adelaide? That this, if you if you said that if five week, five weeks into the run, you'd think you'd be absolutely laughing. But they're going all right. Three in a row. Yeah. Three in a row. Chris Fagan's, geez, there's some young talent. How good mm. was Rayner last yeah. week? The number one pick. He's starting to show why he was the number one pick. Can they do it four weeks in a row? Gee, they play well at the Gabba Hummer. Yeah. I'm tempted to tip an upset here. Ooh. The Crows are getting going, but Tex Walker is out. Yep. You know, they still, still – How did he only get one week, by the way, for that? Probably probably should have been two. Mm. But anyway, he got one. Is McGovern a chance? We, we don't know the teams as yet. No. I hope McGovern might come in for Walker. If he doesn't, they might be a little bit light on forwards. So, gee, you're tempted to tip Brisbane – uh, but in a toss of the coin, I'll stay with Adelaide because their form was really good last week. They got their ball movement back through the middle of the ground. Uh, Rory Laird, what a star, 40 touches again off halfback. Um, but Adelaide just, but would not surprise me if there was another upset at the Gabba. Brownie? Well, this is the game that troubles me the most this week because I like the way Brisbane are playing, but I've also liked the way Adelaide have bounced back since they've uh, had their, their, their bye. The thing is, young sides, they're on and up at the moment, but inevitably they'll have a downer. Have a really mm. bad one. And that's going to come between now and the end of the season. Do you think it'll be at the Gabba though? I, I, I don't think so. Now, but I'm, I'm not prepared to put money on this game just because I'm not 100% confident on Brisbane getting the job done. I'm 100% confident on Adelaide. I think Adelaide were $1.54. They're now to dollar sixty-seven. So the money has definitely come for Brisbane, but I reckon I'm going to stay out of this game. Ooh. Hey, I've just said on the run sheet, there's a, a brand new segment. A brand this, new segment. A brand new social is, is media so watch. I, I look at you lost I control of this show. I have, and I reckon he's had another rocket up him because this is the the is that what the happens? Quality, is it? Yeah. So what, <laughs> he gets a rocket, and then he then he fires up for a few weeks, and he puts all this time in. This is fantastic run. Now I reckon he's just had another one because so he got a little is, email from. I reckon he just someone up him, did he? Just had a little bit of a clip at some stage over the last couple of uh, mm. last few weeks because this is fantastic. Yeah. Segments coming out of our bloody asses at the moment. New, this is a so, rubbish on social media, Brownie. Have you, have you actually got one lined up? Because you're furiously looking at your phone. I'm a bit worried. <laughs> now I've got a couple. So I've got a couple of go-to people at late at night where I like the fact that uh, what they do on Twitter. And the first one um, that me and you have picked up on a lot is our mate Sam McClure, Scoop McClure, Scooby, and yeah. his nickname is Scoop because he he gets the yep. scoop that nobody else has. He used to. He, uh, well, what he does, I, I, I found it an extraordinary uh, tweet after the game the other night where Carlton lost to St Kilda by 63 points. <laughs> Scoop's just offered up on social media, there are problems at Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, not Sammy. a scoop, is it? <laughs> That's not a scoop. Um, the other one I like is Rowan Connolly. Roco late at night. I don't know what he does. I don't know whether he's, he's on uh, the port. I reckon he gets on the port late at night, Roco. Whether he is on. He doesn't on sleep, does he? No, nah, he's. He, Bizarre timings with his tweets as well. They like coming out at all times. But he's aggressive too. He mm. gets aggressive with people, and uh, he's what he is. He's very. Intelligent minded, and he's very articulate with what he says, and it, and it makes very sense. So people go him, and then well. and uh, and uh, he obviously goes back. So this one was hmm, interesting, mate. Apart from attempting to set a new work uh, new record 
new world record for unintelligence, it would appear you've completely cracked it because, wait for it, I have a different opinion you. Some irony there, so F right off. Oh, <laughs> who's, his, who's that to? No, just, just any sort of punter. And then his actual, you know how you can pin a tweet so yep. everybody comes to your page. He's written, you know what? I'm not even bothering debating this stuff anymore. If you think African gangs are the biggest social problem we have right here, right now, you're a F-wit. Wow. He gets stuck just in going, the... going outside footy. <laughs> it's quite entertaining. Yeah, he's very political, uh, Ron. But he loves his music too and he loves to give uh, his best songs. So he'll have an album and he'll go, this is the best song on this album and people pile into him and then not he a... gets angry and, and he fires back at him. <laughs> not I reckon you do on, on Twitter. You focus on what you're good at. Yep. You don't branch off into areas you probably shouldn't. No. And Johnny Ralph's a footy journal, and Ralphie's a Richmond man, and, and yeah, we uh, like Ralphie. <laughs> but he started to branch off into reviewing movies in the last few days. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick to footy, I reckon. Come on, Ralphie. Although the movie he was talking about, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, is a very funny movie. Michael Caine. Oh, very funny. Watch that one. What, what's your pin tweet? I'll you oh, I don't have page. one. No. Have you got a pin tweet? Uh, I don't know. But I've made some errors on Twitter. and Nathan's What's been the big I brought that up biggest... when you're away. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, okay. yeah. I don't need to rehash it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Geelong, Melbourne, game of the round, I would have thought, for me. I How think good so far. One? This is an absolute cracker. Saturday night. Down in Geelong, yeah, I, cold. Look, we'll be cold. I do not, uh, I do not tip against Geelong at Geelong, <clears throat> and you know this is the one where they could lose. But gee, they've got to bounce back to the Cats. They'd be disappointed they dropped that one in Adelaide. They didn't play their best footy. They got opened up through the middle of the ground. That's one thing they don't, that doesn't happen to them at Geelong yep. is you cannot open them up there. They defend the ground so well. I think it'll be another close one. This is a great round and there's a lot riding on this game, but I think the Cats at home just in a very, very close one. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a tough game, a great game. Melbourne 235, uh, the value here, and I think it's going to be close. I don't think there's going to be a blowout in this one. Melbourne nine and a half at the line is pretty enticing. Uh, the ruck battle. Stanley v Gorn. That mm. that is the uh, they have to nullify Gorn a little bit. They can't have him taking seven or eight contested marks like he did last week. And I reckon if there's one big weakness in Geelong at the moment is they don't have an outstanding number one ruckman. Reece Stanley's a good runner, and he does his best in the actual ruck work. But it's probably not his number one position, and that's no. the worry for me. Gorn. He's v. a pinch hit ruckman who's had to, who's had to ruck there. He's so had to be number one. And he does cop it a bit, Reece Stanley, and you feel sorry for him because he's the whipping boy down yeah. at Geelong. But I think Maxi Gorn is going to absolutely give him a hiding and give Melbourne. You know what the hardest part about playing down there is, and we've played down there is getting the ball up your end once you've lost it. So when you get it in Geelong's defensive end. Uh, Transition is yeah, the problem there. It, because it's so skinny, it's hard to find your way through and it's always so windy down there. Geelong get numbers back and you look up, you think you've got nowhere to kick mm. it. The thing is with Max Gorn and Melbourne, if they're able to get first hands on the footy and start forward of centre, yeah. very much easier to score than what it is. So That's the, that's mm. the other area. If they do get trapped in their defence, Melbourne, if you can get Gorn down the line, he may be able to break it up with a contested mark down the line, which then yep. allows you to get it back into your forward half. So, yeah, that's the crucial battle, Stanley v Gorn. Hey, a couple of big bets for Max Gorn on the Brownlow this week coming in, Brownie. But you like someone else? I like Gaff. Yeah. I like Gaff. Uh, he was 10 into 8, went back to 10. I, I, Tom Mitchell's going to vote. He had 42 possessions on the weekend. I'm, I'm not sure whether he gets a vote even when he's had 42 possessions. So Gaff in his last three weeks, he had 30 and kicked one on the weekend against Collingwood. Now, nobody else got more than 30, so... Did Darling pinch a few off him early? 
He would have, yeah. Darling had three or four best Darling, points, Darling yeah. did really well. But, again, in some of those games, Gaff's having 37s yeah. and 35s. Yeah. Well, he's getting the twos. So three weeks ago he had 42 and kicked two. Clear three yeah, votes. Yeah. Um, and the week before that, he had 37 in the game against Adelaide. Adelaide won late uh, in that last quarter. Tex Walker was probably the difference, but you'd have to think that uh, Gaff would have got two that yeah. day. So he is yeah. voting very well, Andrew Gaff. Hey, here at the Sportsbet AFL podcast, uh, Richo, Brownie and Hummer, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. We like to reminisce. In fact, and the punters, the one that we get asked, the, the segment we get asked the most about on social media is when you reminisce about your time in AFL and your yeah. time in the AFL, who are you? Where are we going? Anywhere well, we've done a lot about Matthew, so we thought I'm uh, sick of hearing about it. We give honest. him a rest this week yep. and uh, send our focus to one of our former teammates, who is now an AFL umpire, goal umpire, David Roden. Oh. Is he the best goal umpire in the comp? He is. You know why he is, Sam? Because he just makes a decision. Yeah. He backs himself in. He doesn't get worried about the goal review and he makes the right calls. And when Wayne Campbell was the umpire's boss, he wanted David Roden to be doing backflips in the goal square. That hasn't quite happened yet, <laughs> but uh, I'd love to see that happen. David Roden, the nicest person I've is ever he? met yeah, in football. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you name a Fijian person that's not nice. Yeah, he, but, he, true. He yep. is unbelievably nice. What does he do? Does he do? Do you earn enough goal umpire that that's your full-time job? I think job? he works at the AFL as well. With All the umpires have other jobs. Yeah. Do That's why the umpires don't want to go full-time because they get their wage and they also ah, they to work as well. So what do you got on D-Rod? D-Rod. So many years ago, D-Rod, as nice as he is, he had issues with sleeping in and issues with getting to training on time. Time management. Which at AFL level isn't the greatest thing nope. in the world because you get fined and um, D-Rod continually late. So uh, it's 2004. We were being coached by Spud at the time um, and things weren't going that well back in 2004, <laughs> let's be honest. Spud had just been spat on after an Adelaide game. Uh, the whole thing was, was crumbling the, down. Is that the year the chicken manure got dumped? No, that was that was before I got there, yeah. Was it? Ooh. So David, uh, David Wright, again, late. We're all waiting. Not waiting, but um, I guess the coaches are waiting. Where is he? We've all started. And Spud calls in, all right, everybody, let's go in here. Because D-Rod had started to trot down the race and running out. So everybody turned around to see D-Rod running over to the group. And that's a pretty bad feeling. Oh, that's the um, walk of shame or the jog of shame. Yeah. Unfortunately, oh. uh, I'd never I'd never ever been late in my whole AFL career, so I've never done so that. So I just started post-AFL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Hence that email from your boss yeah, this that's week. that's right. At this point, we're all wearing um, Suntos. Remember Suntos? Um, they were like before... You know, apples and uh, polar they heart were like rate. like a heart rate moment, yeah. weren't they? Um, yeah. So everybody had one on. So yep. there was like, you know, 42 players out there training. And uh, Spud's gone, all right, D-Rod, come in here. He goes, I can't believe you're late again. He goes, and I cannot believe that we're having to have this conversation again. Everyone, I want you to take off your watch. So everybody's going, what's Spud doing here? So everybody's taking off their heart rate. We've still got our heart rate monitors on around our chest, but to take off our watch. Everybody... Hand your watch to D-Rod. And everyone's going, oh, I can see what's happening here. And then Spud's gone, D-Rod, put every one of those watches on. I don't care where you put it on, how you get them on. So here's D-Rod. He, I reckon he got about 30 on in there. He just couldn't get them because he's, he's really stocky, so yeah, he couldn't yeah. get them anywhere else. Uh, he had 30 watches all up one arm, all up the other arm, and Spud's gone, now, for the rest of the session, you run laps. And he goes, and I want to know what the time is of every lap that you run. He goes, you've got enough bloody watches on there. <laughs> it was pretty funny watching him run laps. <laughs> and it was hard work. He's got all these watches on. Oh, that's funny. Fuck, eh? <laughs> 
I mean, surely he's worked it out now. What? Why would he be so late? What is he a big sleeper? Or? No, I just think when you're young and you're, you're not used to the, you know, the gruelling uh, training regime, mm. so that occasionally you get a bit tired and sleep in. He was a good player, wasn't he? Good. What? Player. How many? He did two knees. He did. Yeah. Did he have Lars? Is he? he one had, of the other I ones that had he was Lars? one of the first yeah. to have Lars. Yeah, he was. Yeah. No I reckon he, he hit his potential at Port Adelaide when he went there. He was a mm. very good player yeah. at Port Adelaide. Hey, Carlton aside that we've spoken about at depth, well, everyone has spoken about the depth versus the Hawks. Looking to bounce back after what that has got to be. As a Hawthorne supporter, I've never been more disappointed mm. in them last week. It's embarrassing. A chance to take a spot in the eight and they lose, but they won't lose to Carlton, surely. Well, Carlton have had another tough week. You saw Sauce come out swinging. Gee, eventually they are going to win a game. Mm. I don't think they'll go through the year with only the one win, Carlton. I don't think it will be this week. You'd expect Hawthorne to respond if there's any chance to make finals. If they drop this one, Hawthorne, oh. I don't, they won't play finals. I doubt it. So they should bounce back. We talked about Sicily being out. That's a huge loss. Uh, you know, they need McAvoy back. I think he'll get back quicker than what they're saying, but Hawthorne uh, for me in this one. If you get the Hawks at a perfect time, it is at the moment. So the line is 36 and a half. So if you think Carlton can get inside that 36 and a half points, and I think they can, I think they can. The thing with Carlton is they've been battered and what they – say is they want to be a, uh, a, a fierce tackling side and they want to be a side that's hard to play against. I'd imagine that this week that's exactly what they'll be doing yeah. and that's what they'll try and implement. Uh, easier but said than done. They said that last week, though. <clears throat> they, they did it for a quarter. Uh, they just they'd have to uh, they just have to bring pressure for four quarters. Yeah. I, you don't expect them to win, but I think supporters are happy if they can at least see that effort over four quarters. West Coast versus the Western Bulldogs over at Optus Stadium Sunday afternoon. West Coast $1.11, Brownie. Bulldogs $6.70. That is probably, if you just wanted to make a little, t- if, you don't, if you're not looking for a big bet. What's the line in this one? Brownie would be pretty long, wouldn't it? Yeah, it is. But the thing with the line is, Matthew, 41, 41 and a half. They're What's expecting the 25 millimetres of rain. 100% chance of rain in Perth on Saturday. Games at 3.20. Mm. Um, no, so- Eagles. Eagles easily. So um, any chance at all? What are we, no, so. no chance. But the total points. Yeah, this is where 145. Oh, that, that's low. It was 153. Yes, so you got to beat the weather. That's what you've got to. You've got to. If we've we've spoken about this before, if you, for the total match points, you need to beat the traders to looking at the <coughs> forecast. If you can right. do that, it's when you can make a nice little profit. Yeah, head of trading Cam Dean got them at 163. The total points. It's now 145. Mm. He does. He does well for himself. Our head of trading Cam Dean doesn't. Mm. He, he got like a. Radar at his desk, like a weather radar permanently set Yeah, he'd up be there. dialed into it, I would right. have thought, mm. pretty well. Hey, There's a lot goes into this, isn't there? This is all new to me, this stuff, but, gee, you put a bit of work in you, blokes, don't you, at the end of the day? Oh, Nathan, I, do. I don't. <laughs> the smarter people do. Hey, last game of the round, Port versus GWS, $1.76 for Port Adelaide, $2.10. A coin toss, this one, really. Ryder out. Is mm. Robbie Gray been confirmed out? So is Ryder confirmed out? I, I'm not. Sure, but I, I'm pretty. I, I think he is. If Robbie Gray's confirmed out and Robbie Ryder's Gray confirmed, confirmed out, out sure. I mean GWS one to thirty nine. You're getting two sixty four. They I, beat Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval this year. GWS they're about playing a month ago. Really good footy. The line is four and a half. But uh, if Ryder and Gray are out, I'm saying the Giants. Oh, two sixty three Giants one to thirty nine. I'm going to go with that as well. Three weeks for the sling tackle. Fair. You just can't do it anymore. I it's, think, it's not a great look. Did I it think, used to happen in your day? Yeah. You know what I think now? The grounds are so much better. That you know, you used to get wet, boggy grounds yeah. back in the back in the nineties, and that just doesn't happen now. So the grounds look. I know that there's a certain 
the ground manager checks the, the hardness of the, the grounds uh, every week and mm. they have to be ticked off before you can play on them. So that they're obviously they're obviously right to play on, but they are harder than they used to be. Mm. And I think that's one of the factors in these tackles. Did you used to ever do it? Would you try and slink back in your – because it was the way you were taught tackled, tackling. So, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, 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 I've got, a, I've got a contact over in Adelaide and he says, I think Gray will play, Ryder won't. There you go. Mm. Okay. Who's mm. there? Come on. Kane Gaunt. Jesus. <laughs> 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 hey, all right. Well, that's it. But we want story time. Have we got story time? Oh, I've got a quick one. Just, you know what I've you noticed like? lately? What have you noticed, um, I just think the umpires are talking to the players too much. Just worry about throwing the ball up yep. quickly and getting on with the game. Don't get involved with, in chit-chat with the players and vice versa. Players should be careful what they say. They're wanting a profile, you reckon? Like well, a, some maybe. That, do you put that all on Razor Ray? He's been the pioneer of most of, it, of umpires. Yeah. Do you reckon the umpires get down to CQ and stand at the bar and oh, say, oh, oh. Uh, I'm number 25 on Saturday night? They might. They wouldn't yeah. get in. Yeah. Little they wouldn't reverse prone at the bar like you did in your heyday. <laughs> but anyway, oh, just a quick one I, with an interaction I had with an umpire. Ooh. Remember Darren Goldsmith? Yes. Yep. Do you, I, can I, I, I wanted his head on a stick did after you? the 2001 prelim yeah. final against Essendon. Now, I was, just cheat, he just cheated, flat out cheated. I didn't mind Goldie because he didn't put up with any nonsense, but this particular game over in uh, Perth, I'm not sure what year it was, but I took a mark 50 metres out directly in front, just about on the siren. The siren was about to go. I'm going back. I'm about to line up and there's a blood rule. One of our boys in the goal square was told to get off with a blood rule. So while he's running off the ground, I'm standing there with the ball. I'm looking at the scoreboard. We're a few goals down. You know, momentum wasn't going our way. Yep. It was a must-kick goal before half time. I'm standing there, I'm looking, I'm getting nervous, I'm getting shaky. By the time our player got off the ground, they're organising another player to come on. Darren Goldspink's standing next to me and he just said in a really sort of calm but sort of a smart Alex sort of way, geez, you need to kick this one. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm thinking in my head, Yes, Goldie, I know that I have to kick this one. <laughs> <laughs> What's Goldie up to these days? Does anyone know? Oh, is how about you just let him finish oh, sorry, the story? I the story was over. So I thought that would be it. <laughs> I sort of looked at him and said, yeah, no shit, Darren. <laughs> and he said, no, but it, Richo, this is a big, big kick. He said, <laughs> he said it again. So I've gone back and my legs are trembling at this stage. The siren's gone as I'm coming in to kick the goal. And what did I do? I put it out of bounds on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I was confident before Goldie said anything and I missed the kick. I walked into the rooms. Terry Wallace went off his absolute dial Ooh. at me and uh, we went on to lose that game. I am seeing a function. I would have been about three years ago now and I had to interview uh, Goldie yeah. and he wiped the floor with me. He was yeah. quick-witted, really? very intelligent so and had good stories yeah. and just every time I opened my mouth, he hung shit back yeah. on me and he was brilliant. No, he was very good. The fact that he went twice really unnerved me. Mm. What's he? What does he do now? What's his, I don't know. No, yeah, I'm not no sure. Idea. Oh, I, I, he's a squib. I don't like him at all. What, no. Gee, you're flat. That's a bit harsh. Mate, well, when I was a young pup, 2001, Hawthorne had no success growing up. We were finally going to win a prelim <laughs> and he just, I don't know, it just made me sick. But anyway, right. on right. that note, we're going to call things. It's great to be back, Richo. Good to see you. Looking forward to your retort next week. As I said, podcast school, that is the number one. You do not want to miss next week right. because we have Richo's case for why they should be in a side in Tasmania. Brownie, stay out of trouble this week yes. if you can manage. I, but, I didn't um, get in trouble. Richard. Right, well, over there, it wasn't what I was hearing. News articles were coming back and the name Nathan Brown just popped up in a few of those articles. But uh, please like, subscribe, comment, and uh, please, as always, gamble responsibly.